I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. You're listening to Muses and Stuff. This is the podcast that's all about the dolls. They were the groupies, the wives, the girlfriends, and the muses who played such a huge role in rock and roll history by simply being themselves. They were sweet, sexy, brave, and powerful. They went after what and who they wanted, and they made no apologies. We are your hosts, Shanti and Lynx. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, quick intro to today's episode. We did a simulpod, a podcast mm-hmm. crossover with the podcast called Girls on Tour with Mira Manga. Yes, this was so much fun. Um, Shanti had the pleasure of meeting her in person in the summer. I have not yet, but um, I feel a great kindred spirit with Mira and I'm really excited to share our uh, conversation. Yeah, it was a little bit of a getting to know each other kind of podcast right on our Skype telephone call. But Mira has a wonderful podcast that talks about life on tour. So women sharing tips, secrets for what it's like to be away from home. And she speaks to a huge variety so of women. So many different types of women and so many amazing, interesting stories there. Uh, and she's just getting started. So I'm so excited to see like where she expands from here. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far, she's to talk to a British consul general um, of New England. She's talked to an air hostess. She's yeah. talked to Pamela DeBar. Yes, great episode with Miss P. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's an awesome, awesome lady. 
Yeah. <laughs> so without further ado, here is the intro, the amazing intro to the Girls on Tour podcast and uh, accompanied by Mira's little introduction. And it, was, it was too good. We had to it keep it good. in. It was too good. We kept it in. Oh, she's so articulate. She's so, she's so smart. Yes. So smart she's and sexy. She's got a great, great accent too. I could listen to it for days. She's our kind of girl. <laughs> All right, everybody. Enjoy. Girls on Welcome to the Girls on Tour podcast with Mira Manga. Hello and welcome again to the Girls on Tour podcast, the podcast that interviews inspirational and excellent women all about their adventures in transit. Today we deviate from the script. This podcast is a conversation between me and Lynx and Shanti from the Muses and Stuff podcast. I met Shanti the same evening I interviewed Pamela Debar all the way back in episode 9 and we agreed to do a similar podcast. Muses and Stuff is all about celebrating legendary muses and groupies, and the lovely ladies who run it are super empowered and dedicated to creating networks of talented and creative women across the globe. I'm warning you now, in this conversation we swap stories of our groupie adventures and life on the road. There are no gruesome details, but we do get deep and hearts are open and laid bare. Let's jump right in. You join us on a transatlantic phone call with me in London being called by my wonderful new friends from Toronto. Okay, hello. Oh, praise, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Hello. We are <laughs> recording. Wonderful. Let's hope the gods of Skype are kind to us. Exactly. Uh, yesterday, my brother and I were driving like five hours from northern Ontario back to Toronto, and we prayed to the gods of smooth music for a smooth <laughs> ride home, and we made it home early. So let's also ask the gods of smooth music for a good episode. Yes, please. <laughs> so, Yay. <laughs> so we are here with Mira from the Girls on Tour podcast. And you guys have already met before. Yeah, we, um, shall I go or you go? Well, well, you can tell your listeners now what podcast you're sitting here with, maybe. Well, you just... Oh, I was going to make a little bit of a mystery and let you guys introduce yourselves a little bit. Oh, um, okay. To, all right. That's but, cool. um, I will do it up front. It's all good. Um, this is the amazing Muses and Stuff podcast, which I think is pretty unique because it's like a really thorough, loving examination of the women who held up the men in rock and roll, the groupies. I've never, uh, really heard anybody say it in that way that the women were holding, like holding the men up. I like that. Absolutely. Come on. I mean, you've seen what guys do on the road when there are no ladies around to pick up the pieces. They get destructive. There's infighting in the band. There's excess drugs. There's excess alcohol. So true. I can't tell you how often I would be on the phone if I wasn't on a tour with someone, like trying to talk them through it. Just be like, just stick with it. Like you only have this many days left. Like you can do it. Mm. Even, like, when you're not there, they need the encouragement. Absolutely. I Yeah, I, I believe that. And I remember on tour once, I just got a phone call from the tour manager, and they were like, hey, you need to come. Like, he's not in a good place. He's smashing up this room. And I was like, oh, at least I'm being recognized <laughs> by services. So I was like, 
go in the room, you know, clear up the shit that was thrown everywhere and like, come on, baby, let's go, let's go have a bubble bath or let's go do something different, you know. Exactly. <laughs> or, yeah, after they've, um, like if they tour in a van and they have the van crazies, they just need to get out into the arms and the tub of of the lady of whatever city they're in. Um, Mira, thank you so much for doing this with us. I'm so happy that we're doing a crossover of podcasts because it's just great. I've been, I've been listening to your podcast girls on tour and I'm absolutely loving it. So for our listeners who are listening, um, I mean, your listeners obviously already know what your podcast is about because they're your listeners, but could you explain to ours, uh, who you are and what your podcast is about? Absolutely. So my name is Mira and I began this podcast after a pretty bad breakup and I decided I wanted to be by myself and figure all that kind of shit out, like no more relationships that just broke me. And I decided to surround myself with smart, funny and inspirational women. And also I was doing a lot of traveling for work and, you know, I love it when girlfriends share tips about how to survive being away from home. So I thought... I'm going to do a a whole podcast on amazing women and ask them about their travels and their adventures and things like what products could you not live without on an overnight stay. I think it's really relevant for, you know, women who like have to travel for business, be they a mummy or, you know, a single lady. And I try and keep it interesting and find women that I think would interest listeners. So, and then I stumble across you. So yay. (laughs) Didn't we actually literally stumble across each other? We were at um, Pamela DeBar's writing or uh, writing workshop, but it was actually the night that she did the reading and the book signing and stuff. And we ran into each other as we were walking downstairs to her little uh, artist, you know, green room, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. we kind of smashed I, I mean, that was other. so lucky because I've been stalking Pamela, like, and I was actually preparing to, you know, go see her in L.A. in January, and then she was in London, and you were there too, and it's just like she threw out this, you know, a web of stars, and then she caught me and you and Alison and, you know, Geraldine and all these lovely starry women. And then, you know, I feel so, so grateful that I got to meet you and say, hey, and see what you were doing. It just kind of really energized me and made me feel happy. Oh, good. And I felt the exact same way. I was kind of like, who are these ladies sitting downstairs with Pamela? Who's Miss P? But I was busy kind of running around getting some some things kind of helping Allison organize that night. And then you said, yeah, I just recorded an episode with Miss P. And I have a podcast, yes. or she said, yes. we. I just recorded a podcast with Mira, and I went, oh my god, we need to talk. Yeah, she was very gracious. I mean, she didn't have to give me any time. She was busy, and she squeezed me in. Yeah, she's always champion women, and everyone who's sort of connected with Pamela is a creative, and she definitely brings that out in people, and I love that she puts herself yeah. out there for all of us when we need her, and... She uh, she does want to help us all, and uh, we feel it. Yeah, we've been met with pretty much nothing but absolute positivity um, throughout this whole process. And like you said, she's just like this web spinner where she just makes like all of these connections between all of these amazing women. So that's why when I was like, we need to do Dolls International, like this really does need to happen. So um, one thing that we're going to kind of cross off on our to-do list today when we're all together is we're going to finally make the Facebook group Miss Pamela's International Dolls. 
Wow, that's so wonderful. Good. Thank you, ladies. That's amazing. Good service. Thank you. And just, uh, yeah, to introduce um, ourselves to your listeners, my name is Shanti. And I am Lynx. Yay! <laughs> Shanti created this podcast um, about a year ago, and I came in a couple months in, and now we're co-hosts. And as you said, we just, we champion... The, the women who lift up the rock stars, who are muses, who uh, are there, and just women in general that are in the music world uh, in every aspect. Yay. <laughs> it's like, I haven't heard another podcast like this. So, and the other thing is, like, you guys give me late nights because I'm so behind that I have been listening and learning. And then I'm like, oh, shit, it's like 1 a.m. now. I need to sleep. So thank you guys for less sleeping hours. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so the episode that you did with Miss Pamela, um, afterwards you did uh, a little bit of a bonus part with your friend Gordo. Was that right? Yes. Poor long-suffering Gordo. Yeah. Was he from Liverpool? He is. He's going to kill me now. No, he's from a place in the UK called the Wirral. That accent for that area is what you will hear Gordo sounds like. Okay, because I thought, I was like, what is that? It's the close, I think maybe the closest thing that I heard was Liverpool, so I thought maybe that's where he was from. <laughs> I think it's up, it's up in that neck of the woods, so yes. Um, well, you had told him about one of like the best songs that you thought you had ever written, because you are or were in a band, um, so you're you're kind of a rock and roll... Okay check yourself and you were talking about the best song you've ever written but i do have to say i'm a big fan of your podcast theme song oh yay <laughs> um okay well i woke up one morning I... with the song stuck in my head and then uh, my cat who is staying with me because he goes back and forth between my brother and i, I started singing cats on tour <laughs> cats on tour <laughs> that makes me so happy oh, and i then, love it I and then i was, record that version yeah then i was out for breakfast with my brothers and my dad and i was telling them about your podcast i was like she has the best theme song and then i sang it for them and then they laughed oh well i i'm blessed i'm my gift my, my musical gift is writing what they call earworms Mm. So I may not have a handle on anything else, but I can write real catchy little um, segments. And I, I really love that. If I can write a song that sticks in someone's head, then I have, you know, I have succeeded. So that's the best thing you could say. Um, originally, I wrote the song and I had my ex play on it. And then, then immediately we broke up. I went to see my friend Rodri and I was like, I don't want him to have anything to do with my new, shiny, happy female space. So my friend Rodri, who is a boy, <laughs> helped me record. Um, he played the guitar and produced it. But it just makes me happy. Singing makes me happy. So how long have you been a musician for? I think I started playing music when I left and came to London to go to university and there were so many bands in the 90s, like Britpop was exploding and we were in Camden every night and I wanted to be part of it. So I was actually at a nightclub, you know, being an idiot, being drunk on a table dancing and someone said, do you want to be in a band? And I was like, yeah. And then the next day we kind of gathered this, this crew of individuals and we were in a recording studio. And uh, yeah, so the first band I was in was manufactured by this lovely guy called Kevin, who was a club promoter. And uh it was super fun. It was called Disco Pistol, and that's where I learned to be a musician. 
That's and amazing. Then, late, most lately, I've been a girl band called the Dulocks that disbanded, oh, a good three, four years ago now, I think. But they were the best and the worst times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, and my job, I should mention, is I run a record label for Lush. Um, oh, so wonderful. those of you that didn't know, Lush, Lush sells records and music. And, uh, yeah, I, I look after that in the UK. Like Lush, the bath product? Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's far out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm obviously horrible at it because no one goes, oh, yeah, Lush music. But um, all the musicians who contribute to Lush spa music, um, we have bespoke spa soundtrack and they have their own music and we try and promote and sell that and support the musicians that give to us. So, yeah. That's incredible. That's I know. It's very strange. It's been a very strange life. But um, I wanted to hear about you two and tell me why what inspired you to talk about the muses and tell me about being muses yourself. Ooh, do you want to go first? Tell them about what got you into the muses and I'll talk about All right. what it's like to be a muse because well, I'm, I think I'm more comfortable like <laughs> talking about myself and being like, well, let me tell you where's Lynx is. <laughs> She's more humble than I am. <laughs> well, I got into... Um, I got into muses and groupies and all of that when I was really young, about 12 or 13, just because I was uh, listening to a lot of classic rock and discovering those bands, and I would look up, you know, photos and see these gorgeous women with them, and I guess, you know, being wanting to be there myself, I sort of looked at these women like, oh, that's, that's, that could have been me, that's my place, and from there, I sort of uh, just researched them, and um, me, a friend of mine, uh, created uh, a live journal called Vintage Groupies, and she's my best friend. Her name's Lizzie. She actually lives in England, and uh, together oh. we like we built it up, and there was like thousands of people in that community, and we all shared photos and any information that we could find on these people, especially because this was like <laughs> this was like fifteen or so years ago when the internet wasn't what it was to it is today, and you really did have to like hunt down every photo, every piece of uh, their biographies and. It did take a lot of effort, but, uh, yeah, so we created this community to kind of link it all together. I have a feeling I may have, I may have, I had a live journal, of course, and I totally remember looking for groupies, groupies, like, yeah, I I literally got, like, a thrill of recognition when you said that. How interesting. I'm going to have to dig out my cage and see if I was following you guys. Oh, my God, that would be so crazy. Yeah, there were... (laughs) There are so many people who contributed, and we we also had like discussions on on these women, and it was really fun. And it's basically like what we, me and Shanti, are doing now, and like what we're all doing now, but uh, in like a higher level now that podcasting is what it is. And yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And so from that, I sort of started going out to shows myself and became a groupie you know with local bands and then that grew and I'm you know how it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) one band leads to another and then you're 
backstage and on tour buses and all that. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just uh, been, you know, a, a wild ride, and Miss P started uh, her Toronto doll group because I wrote her, uh, inviting her out, and Allison and I put together a group of women and other women sort of found out as well and it became this amazing thing and she comes here quite often and I knew when Allison moved out to England that she would definitely start one up there and happily that's happened and we've all connected now and Shanti tell us about you um just about like being a muse and a groupie I was always one I think I was born one but didn't really put a name to it until much later but grew up in a really musical household and I had um you know two brothers and a dad and I mean my mom was really into music and rock and roll as well but um my brother played music so he was always walking around the house with a guitar and so I've called him like you know he's my he was my own personal jukebox and so he'd learn songs for me or I'd get him to play certain songs and I was always the one kind of encouraging him to record it or do this and you know I was my brother's biggest fan from a really young age and then um, my first boyfriend my first serious boyfriend was in my brother's band he was a guitar player of my brother's band and we were together for like almost three years. And then it just kind of seemed after that all of the guys that I dated had something to do with music. They were creatives, um, definitely musicians. And then it wasn't until I moved. Oh, plus growing up too, like I would, uh, my brothers and my dad and I would have little competitions. Like if a song came on the radio and uh, we'd always try to like see who could say first who who the song was by, what the band is, who wrote it, who produced it. Sort of the more you knew about the band and the musician, the more fake points you got. So I, I, I know a lot wow. about like music history, rock and roll history. And then that always, I found when I went to university, when I started being able to geek out more than the musicians, and I knew more about their favorite musicians than even they did, mm -hmm. then it would, they'd be like, whoa. Um, so when I went to university, <laughs> I started seeing a lot of live bands, going to a lot of shows, going on tour, and then that kind of stuff. And then eventually, you know, all, like, Lynx and I's path came together. Pamela DeBar came into my world, and then it's just kind of been off to the races ever since. But in terms of... Oh. Being a muse, I saw you in London, and so I was in the UK, and I went up to Scotland, and then I finished off in France for a week, but when I was in Liverpool um, visiting Max, he had said to me that our friend Mark, who introduced us, he said about me that I am one of the most genuine music fans and supporters that he ever met. And that when somebody shows me something or when I'm listening to something, that I'm really listening to it. Mark was one of the kind of first people that I really understood him and heard him when he said, like, you don't have to be the musician. You don't have to be anything other than who you are because simply being yourself is the inspiration. Like, you are 
helping people and touching people's hearts and souls like music does, but you're not doing it through music, you're doing it through yourself. So then I realized that just by being myself and being this like confidant, friend, supporter, therapist, girlfriend, lover, whatever, I was able to inspire others. So, you know, there's been you know, some songs written, but even just inspiring, like, musicians to to be themselves has been really nice. What a lovely thing to say to you. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, have that, have it write that down and and frame that somewhere. That's so lovely. I I like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, a a lot of guys will not acknowledge what you mean to them or will kind of take and, and like, just only want one part of you and not the rest. So that's so sweet. I love that. It's interesting. Oh, that sounded really bitter, my last statement. I'm sorry. I'm not bitter. I'm just making an observation. It's true, though. And I thought it was really interesting what you said about um, knowing more than the musicians do about certain um, music facts and things like that. I'm definitely the same. And I think, like, a lot of groupies are. And that's the thing, too, like... Some people really don't take groupies seriously, but, like, we're the ones who are the most passionate. Like, musicians are most passionate about their music, which they should be because that's what they're creating. But we're we're passionate about, like, music in general and certain bands and a lot of us, yeah. like, the history of music. And we're the ones that, you know, absorb all the information and we are kind of encyclopedias for <laughs> for the music world, you know? I, I agree. And I, I mean, anyone who thinks that being a really truly devoted, like girlfriend or groupie or whatever is like a cakewalk has no idea because firstly you have a passion and an inspiration and a driving energy to be with those people, which is fucking consuming and can like <laughs> eat up your whole life. Some people are like, Oh, I'm going to plan my week around my weekend. Some people are like, I'm going to plan my life around actually whether I can get to the show in Iceland, you know, and I'm, I happen to be in like Sri Lanka right now. It's a, a lifetime calling and um, it's, it's hard work. It definitely I remember is. when I really loved a band so much, I just wanted to go to every single show. I didn't want to miss a single show. I think a big part of the reason I started playing music was so then I would be on their level. I would be able to be backstage, you know, and have the right because we were appearing on the same bill at festivals or shows. But, you know, it's certainly a commitment, whether it's you love music and you know everything about it and you can match any band member, you know, when comparing something as trivial as favorite drummers Mm -hmm. to being able to handle, like, a tour itinerary and, you know, keep sane and, you know, keep your wits about you when everything is going to shit around you. It's like, it's a commitment. It's a huge, it's a big deal, I, I think. It's interesting that you said about, um, you know, being on the same level and then feeling like you have the right to be there. And a lot of the times it's like, you know, these women and these wives and groupies and stuff like they, of course, they have the right to be there. But because, you know, the women were seen as like lesser than like they they didn't get the respect that like this is all a machine like rock and roll is a machine and everybody works together and if you didn't have the one part here it's not going to work so like roadies would you know have the right to be there because they're you know the exchange is more people can understand it or professional or like a little bit more but um in terms of like 
being on the same level too. One thing that we're that we have realized through this process of podcasting and finding out these women's stories is that like you do get into trouble when you drop everything and dedicate your life to being this person's person. Hell yeah. That's one thing is that like that we've really realized is that like you have to have your other your own things going on. Yeah. You have to be you know, into stuff that you're into and have your own passions in your own life and your own, like, mission other than just, like, bagging a rock star because... I think a lot of that also has to do with um, age. Mm -hmm. A lot of these women are, you know, early 20s, some even younger, when they um, become committed to said musician and... When you're so young that you're not quite sure, like, what your life is, where, what direction you want to go in, you def, they definitely did, like, cling to theirs. And that's, like you said, where things would get sticky. And, um, it wasn't until they were able to sort of separate themselves a little bit and find out, like, what they were good at, what they kind of wanted to put their, their other passions into that, uh, they also became like fully formed as as a as their own person as well. I, I hear you guys and I think if you are a wife, you know, conventional wife with ring mm-hmm. or girlfriend of band member, that's that's cool. And then but I certainly noticed if you are like, you know, and I'm doing quote marks here, random girl attached to band with no official title, it makes things a little bit tricky you know again air quotes wise and sometimes being able to kind of say oh yeah I'm just here in the bus because my band is playing right before you guys was very helpful oh absolutely yeah absolutely. yeah you're right <laughs> I was at um I was at a music festival not too long ago with a really really good friend of mine and we have like a really a really deep connection, um, really emotional kind of connection, but we've never taken the relationship any further than that for reasons. Uh, but anyways, we he was playing a show, and we were, like, walking <laughs> to the backstage area, and um, he said, uh, I'm going to, I'm bringing my friend here backstage with me, and they were like, nope, sorry, she needs a wristband too. So then we just went around to another entrance, and then this time he went. This is my girlfriend, and we're going backstage. And they were like, "Yep, go ahead." Yeah, I mean it's it's the golden ticket, right? Like a, a legitimate relationship. But I, I have to fess up and come clean that I have had to turn over a new leaf because I wasn't in the I wasn't in a very healthy situation. Many of the times that I was kind of pursuing these people to the point of obsession. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel that you ladies have a handle on how to do things without losing your kind of heart, mind, and soul. Mm, that's <laughs> and just from, like, lots of experience of being the other way as well. <laughs> I think we all kind of oh, have to tell go me about through. that. Well, I mean, like we were saying, like, when you start when you're, like, a teenager, I was, like, a crazy party girl. I got drunk all the time. I was just having a ball backstage, and there are definitely things that I... I have done that I probably would have done maybe differently. You know, it's just things I've learned from. I don't really regret anything. I I did have a lot of fun, but I definitely went to the extreme. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like through age. It's just through age and everything that I'm now sort of, 
you know, just learn learn from my life and perspective yeah, changes. I perspective is huge, and like seeing. So I feel like my two like things that I just didn't have switched on in me until like way too late when I misbehaved seriously badly. Where was my life going, and how was I going to sustain it? Hopping from one guy who couldn't be available for me to the next. So what the hell was I doing with my life, and what did I? Where did I want to end up? Been there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yay, friends. Yeah, I found my tribe. And the second thing is like, I absolutely adored these guys. And when you know, when I was traveling or touring with them, I was head over heels in love and and hoping for a forever after, which I know is very naive. But in some situations, like I could see the way forward and the emotions and the friendship, and everything was on a level where if it was a normal guy from a hometown or where you live. It would progress to like living together and a happy ever after. But I really, I wish I had stopped and thought, am I actually getting my needs met? Because I remember I would be at home with a calendar counting down. Oh, it's seventy-three days till I'll see him again. And Mira, this is because I did I was, that too. Yes. Heartbreaking to think of now the wasted kind of. Oh, I mean, I did write the best song in my life because of it, you know. But it wasn't even that great of a song, you know. If you. <laughs> Compare it to anything wonderful. It's an okay song. I wish someone had said to me when I was a little baby manga, "You are really exceptional and beautiful, and you're a wonderful princess, and you are a prize, and you're going to find someone who wants to go out with you and will be as excited to see you as you are them." And that's how it should be, little baby manga. You know what? Maybe someone did tell me that, but I definitely didn't listen.、Um, mm. And that was really hard throwing my heart after people who just weren't able to or. Didn't have the emotional capability to love me back, and、um, that's my tragedy that I'm kind of rewriting now. So good for you. There you go.、Yeah. So now, yes, I'm so happy that you guys relate to this. <laughs> for sure, I think even like people who don't consider themselves groupies can probably still relate to you know falling for people who aren't necessarily emotionally available. I think that's just kind、yeah. of universal. But it definitely is harder, especially when like they aren't in your city, and you are kind of hoping that one day that they're back is going to be so perfect and going to like change things or grow your relationship to a greater level or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not like, oh, I'm with him, and this is great because he's in a band, and I can't wait to be the, with the next band that I see. I was like, I'm with him, and I, I love him. And- I think we're going to be boyfriend and girlfriends. Looking at it now, it's very, very silly. But then some boys will say what you need to hear to keep you there as well. So I was kind of complicit in their kind of complicity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think、um, at this point, I've kind of hit a sweet spot with kind of figuring that stuff out. With、um, in terms of like dating musicians and.、Uh, Just like how to approach things, and just feeling really confident in my relationships, but also really confident in myself. There was times when I was in my early twenties where I was marking down on that calendar, like, so this guy lived at one end of the country, and I was in Ontario, so it's quite a distance. So I would only see this person maybe two or three times a year, and so in between those times, I would be counting down and like obsessed and obsessed, and it was so unhealthy. And if this person would have asked me to give up everything and up 
uproot my life and move wherever he wanted to go and do whatever he wanted to do, then in my early 20s, I would have done that. And I'm so happy Mm -hmm. that this thing that I thought that I really wanted and that I thought that that I really needed and that thing that would have just made me the happiest in the whole world, I'm glad that that didn't happen because then I wouldn't have had all of those years to actually figure out what I wanted and what I needed and what was going to make me happy and just who I am, you know, as a person growing into a young woman on my own as opposed to, um, you know, a young woman growing up with a guy who is kind of there to tell me and or yeah. to grow with me or to whatever. Hmm. You, and also you have adventures and you have the travels, you know, all that rich experience, you know, which is a wonderful part to have, you know, an experience that some people won't ever have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm great. I'm the same as you guys. I don't have any regrets. I, I regret where I hurt people because I was just so focused on getting what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what a fucking crazy life, you know? I mean, I'm glad I have to sound glad the crazy battle days are behind me, but I take so much, you know, happiness from memories. And, you know, I was very brave back then. So if I'm having a weak moment now, I'm like, you remember you did this and you humiliated yourself with an X amount of thousand people. You can do whatever this is at work that you're scared of. So, Exactly, exactly. And I think, like, we also forget, like, something that always, that I always kind of go back to when we're doing each episode is these women who, who did, like, nab their rock star, who did end up marrying their, uh, their rock soulmate. It wasn't easy for them either. It's not like getting into that serious relationship necessarily led to happily ever after i mean most of the times mm, it yeah. did the, quite the opposite so even if um things turned out differently like in past relationships and stuff that doesn't mean that that would have been you know a good a good road to go down anyway you know mm-hmm. like just i like to kind of think we're all yeah, where, where we're at because like we were supposed to be, you know. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember I was telling you guys that I was just kind of back home with my brother and we just arrived back to Toronto yesterday? I was at a family function and my uncle looked at me. And it's funny because he's actually just starting to listen to the podcast. Oh, um, I told him about it and he's like, that's amazing. But before I told him about the podcast and what I'm doing, he looked at me and he said, so what's going on? Um, when's the, when's the, when are you going to get married? What's, do you have any plans for a wedding? And I didn't even tell him about, like, you know, like, the guys that I'm seeing. Do you have plans for a wedding? But it was, that was the question, was, do you have plans for a wedding? And I was sitting on the floor, and I got up, and I sat beside him, and I was like, all right, I'm going to tell you what I've got planned. (laughs) Wow. I was like, I could, you know, take the money that I do or don't have and um, maybe put it towards a wedding. But I just got back from London and Liverpool and Edinburgh and Glasgow and Paris and like that's what I'm concentrating on right now and that's where I'm putting my energies and and stuff like that and then he asked me well so are you seeing somebody and so like I you know I told him like yeah and I was telling him um whatever 
it's it's almost funny to kind of change my family's mind to have a little bit more of a traditional perspective on what like maybe a 29 year old woman should be doing at this point in her life with her career and with like with her life and a lot of the times it's just like so the boyfriend and the marriage and this the baby and, and, the baby, <laughs> and it's like actually there is life there are other that for there women. are other options and yes. I th- that's the one that I'm that I'm doing uh, right now and then they're like oh okay cool <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's so much pressure when everyone else's Facebook timeline is engagement, wedding, kids, and you're like, oh, I went to a bouncy castle shaped like Stonehenge. (laughs) It's freaking awkward. My best, best girlfriend, Sam, I am a godmother to her beautiful two godchildren, to her children, and I love them. They feel like my own blood. I was really honored to be asked to be a godparent. And the other three were like a vet, a doctor, and a lawyer. And I overheard like my friend's husband say, "Oh yeah, we've got the vet, the doctor, and the lawyer, and we've got Mira. She's a wild card." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh!" And I, I know I was mortally like kind of wounded, thinking, "Oh my god! Like, is that what he thinks of me? I'm this wild, crazy lady." And then as the boys have grown up, and I just love them, and I love being part of the family, I'm like you know what, it's okay, we all knew the eccentric auntie or, you know, the, the arty lady with paintbrushes in her hair. And they're always the coolest ones. That's me right now, and that's just my path, so. And like, but yeah, that took a, a while for me. I remember being a kid and looking up to, like, those ones, like, the non-conventional people, and the ones who are clearly living life, like, for themselves and having fun and... I'm I'm happy to be one of those people. I can't I can't even imagine my life in in like a conventional way. It just doesn't suit me. Yeah, I go where I want, when I want, how I want. And yes. my I know my brothers are gonna have children, and I've got a lot of cousins who have daughters who I'm very very close with. And whenever I see them, they go, "I can't wait until I'm old enough to come and visit you in Toronto." And so I can't wait to be oh, that yay. auntie that brings my girls. Um, on tour with me. Do you know what I mean? And and when I'm old and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh who's yeah, going to take care of amazing. me? It's like I have an army of little angels <laughs> who are going to be there for me. And they definitely Absolutely. will because I'll have all that money from not having children and then I'll be like, <laughs> this is yours when I'm gone, but you got to take care of me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I feel like we are constantly evolving. No one stays in the same lane, you know, you lose people, you know, people move cities, countries, things change. Um, my biggest change right now is um, this is a, a very quiet period in my, my life where for, for, for once, like I'm not prioritizing my boyfriend or the guy that I would like to be my boyfriend. And it's just really, I mean, it's terrifying, don't get me wrong, but it's very exciting because I've been like, I don't know what I'm going to create or what I will fall in love with now. And um, mm-hmm. having that time to kind of explore what you like and do a podcast where you get to meet amazing, awesome women. You know, I would never have had the time for myself if I had just been stuck on, you know, my one path of like, oh, I'm going to be in a band and pursue boys in bands. Uh, but similarly, you know, I don't know that I want conventional children and life like this. So it's just a really exciting, wonderful time. Uh, and I think, you know, thank God that I was born into this era where we have women, you know, have certain freedoms that would not have been afforded to me oh, yeah. if, if we I lived like Jane half a century Austin ago. Times, so. We'd all be fucked. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, exactly. Why I love is hearing about women and their journeys. So, you know, like even you guys saying, oh, you know, we, we got into bands and, and, you know, that came through our town or local bands. And then, you know, when you say, oh, in my early 20s and just, you know, marking the journey of your growth on that kind of emotional and like mental map is fascinating and it gives me so much hope because women can do anything and we change so much and we just make magic happen whatever we set our minds to it it's going to be like conquered I think and that's a pretty scary force to be reckoned with I'm a hundred percent with you on this and just wait you are what your episode nine for your podcast Yes, yes. Week nine. So that is, like, you are a brand new, like, baby in this podcasting, and you're already, like, such a, you're already into such a nice groove, and you've got really interesting and fascinating guests, and just wait until you see what you're going to accomplish in one year, and the connections that you're going to make, and with this mindset and this attitude of, you know, women coming together to inspire each other and support each other I cannot wait to see like what you're even even more that you're gonna realize and and people who you're gonna meet and connections and like just how your life is gonna flourish this oh is, yeah so wonderful thank you I admire you guys for your podcast so that means like a lot so yes more more no I, I I think I think I hope that you're right the podcast has definitely saved my soul and I fall in love with each woman that I interview and they give so much so much they really they really, you know, they share everything and it's just so kind of them to take time, you know, and you guys too, like we've had to coordinate global clocks and shit and like, you know, I rush home from work, you have to rush to work, but we made it happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And speaking of like women and, you know, empowering each other and like listening to each other's journeys and everything, I feel like as you sort of approach 30 and you're kind of in your 30s, that's really the time at least for me, that, like, connecting with other women has never been greater. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're young in your teens and, you know, early years, a lot of women sort of see each other as competition or there's some some jealousies there and you haven't fully formed as your own person. So you're, you're looking at other people trying to see where you fit, I guess. And... By, by this age, you're sort of more comfortable with yourself and you realize banding together is, like, such an amazing thing. And I feel like for, yeah. for women, you know, your 30s especially are, like, just so incredible for female friendships and for, you know, empower, empowerment. And it's, like, a really magical time. Like you said, you kind of stop thinking so much about boys and mm. like wh- like what's happening with my relationship here like look oh at these my god women, I mean like- I I would like to formally apologize on your podcast for my terrible behavior to other women when I was a teenager and like way younger I, I was just such a brat and I had no idea of like sisterhood or how much you can thrive when you appreciate women around you what a fucking idiot I was so god yeah I've fallen into the arms of my sisters without them I wouldn't get through my days as simple as that they lift me up and they make me feel good and women for women definitely I hope women are like beginning to learn that a little bit younger now but I think if that's not the case and there are younger women listening like 
listen to us because the the sooner you start embracing this, like the more incredible your life is going to be. Yeah, women are going to save the planet, you know, and and heal heal the earth. So we just need to, yeah, get together as much as possible and share our stories and um, just get back get back to that. But, you know, funny enough, like, thinking about um, cultivating that true love and relationship with myself first, then from that I was able to really love and foster the relationships with my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And then from there I realized when those two things were really taken care of, all of a sudden the relationship with the men in my life have never been better either. For sure. Because you know what you want. Oh, I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're not you're not sort of putting them first. You're putting like your needs first, and knowing that as long as like your needs are met, you can you know put your love into someone and help them meet their needs as well. Mm-hmm. Oh so man, that's the magic formula. You found the magic formula. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I really do. I really do. I think, um, and also, if you're making really terrible life decisions, but you've made a promise to love yourself and love your girlfriends, when they are telling you he is a fucking bell end, you are more <laughs> likely to listen. Yes. So, yeah. Listen to your girlfriends. <laughs> Save yourself some time and heartache. <laughs> <laughs> just think when women are together, so much stronger and we can achieve you know a, a wonderful things and it, it it makes so much more sense than just vying for attention from you know a no hope uh, boy it's, it's just like i'm one of those like newborn again christians <laughs> i'm like you have to do it but um yeah mm-hmm. that's amazing i just uh yeah it's you're gonna see too with um like speaking with all of the different kinds of women who have chosen all of these different kinds of like lifestyles too i keep going back to that um you know the the bell jar with you know you can choose you can choose the figs that are like a happy marriage and children or you know the poet and the artist and the traveling and the this and um you just have to choose which one is going to work for you but then I'm also of the mind where I'm like well we are so lucky that we actually don't have to just choose one we can choose a whole bunch and you know off of that fig tree and just make a fig pie so life really is like Life is like a fig pie. Life is like a fig pie, <laughs> and you can know what you are going to get because you just got to manifest that shit. Yeah. Do you have a vision board? I Only recently, but I, I one of the, the crazy life lessons that I learned is I was bitching about something I didn't think I could do, mm-hmm. and I was having, like, a fear, and someone said to me, are you fucking joking? Like I have watched you buy a ticket to, you know, Seattle, blag your way into a festival and get onto the side of the stage with so-and-so. <laughs> and you think you can't do this. It was like a light bulb moment. Like, and once you put your focus and your energy into your quest or your mission, then all that energy that went into like, I need him to notice me. I need to be with him. Mm-hmm. The minute you dedicate yourself to something that's going to be like healthy and give back and give you joy, you know, you really can do it. So did you say the way that, yeah, you broke up a little bit there, the way that the universe kind of gives its lessons? Is that what you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, 
you can't give us manual when we're babies or kids. You have to go through this convoluted ridiculousness. And then you're like, oh, that's a lesson. Okay. And I always like to think, too, when, you know, I'm sitting in a room with people who I really care about and we've all had, you know, kind of significantly different upbringings um, to just go, but you know what? Everything has led us to this moment right here. Exactly. Mm, here we are like, yes, in this present true, moment true. and just to stop from time to time and just acknowledge that and to be grateful for that and to give thanks for that, to go, things are great right here and right now and there's nowhere else that I would rather be. Oh, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, yeah. We're in a good place right now, all of us, so... I think so. And we're so very I, lucky. We're lucky women. And all the dolls are going to be banding together and we're just going to take over the world. So, yeah. Watch out. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I'm sure we're going to see, like, best-selling authors pop out of that group and Absolutely. and all those kind of crazy projects and things happening. I think so. Um Speaking of having to be in places, I am, uh, I've got to go to my yoga studio now. Oh, yay. Well, I'm sad that you're going, but I'm excited because one day I want to do yoga with you, so. Oh, that would be fantastic. Go hone your skills, woman. I will. (laughs) And I think that this is just the beginning. Um, I like, yeah, this is kind of just like a loose getting to know each other podcast to record while we get to know each other. But I'm sure that we will work together in the future and talk more um, about taking over the world. I would love that. And I'm going to invest in some transatlantic podcast software because I worry that Skype's made us glitchy and I hope it hasn't. And Lynx, I'm so excited to meet you and see your unicorn hair in real life earlier today. (laughs) That was awesome. So it was great chatting with you. Um, Yeah, thank you guys so, so much. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Oh, they just need to Google the Girls on Tour podcast or pop that into iTunes and it should come up. Pretty Uh, much the same thing, yeah. I'm very goofy. I have a SoundCloud account, which is not very fashionable for podcasters. But if you're a traditionalist, SoundCloud <laughs> and Girls on Tour podcast. But I'm, I'm going to link to your podcast in mine, you know, and like make sure that my followers and listeners can find you guys too. Wonderful. It was so great. It was so great getting to know you a little better, Mira. No, I'm so happy now. I'm full of joy. I'm going to skip and cook my evening meal thinking <laughs> of you ladies. And I, yeah, I'm just thank you for doing this. This has been so fun. You're welcome, and thank you. All right, we will talk to you soon. Lots of love to you, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Mira Manga and the Girls on Tour podcast. Thank you so much, Shanti and Lynx. It was really, really great to talk with those fabulous ladies. I cannot wait till we get to connect in real life and just gossip their faces off. Go listen to their podcast. Just Google Muses and Stuff and you can check out their episodes. Thank you so much for listening to us, and if you'd like to contact me, drop me a line at girlsontourpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Bill at Radio Paradise, Rodri and Abby, and of course the man who edited these since the beginning, Sir Charlie Moores. He's super busy right now, so I begged him to edit this podcast for me like a retired policeman in a cop movie for just one last job. After this, I'll be editing them myself, so you may notice a giant crash in quality, but please do stick with us. Next week, I'll be talking to global traveller and international buyer Gabby Lodoff. It's a goodie, so don't miss. May you always be joyous within and happy trails till next time. Goodbye. Girls on tour. Girls on tour.
Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to season one, we are thrilled to announce the launch of season two. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you. And let's make season two even more memorable together.